All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and don't go gently y'all. Happy Thursday, everybody. I am all about talking about feelings lately, and it seems like you guys have been into it as well. So today we're going to continue talking about all the feelings in the first thing. Then the second thing is me with my girl Lisa talking about Instagram filters and why she has stopped using them. And the last couple of weeks, I've kind of joined her in it as well. And it's it's a little scary because a lot of times I like to rely on a filter just to feel better when I put myself out to the Instagram world. For the third thing, I'm going to give you a list of things that you should not feel guilty for. Because I think sometimes we feel guilt about things that we really shouldn't feel guilty about, but we need to hear from someone that it's okay. So I'm going to be that someone for you today when I give you this list of things. Then that gives you the permission to set your brain free from any of the guilt. And then since our customized four things pullovers are finally going to be available again tomorrow, Friday, August 28th at 10 a.m. Central, I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with the founder of My Life Speak 
weeks about how they're working in Haiti to end the orphan cycle and create families there, especially for children with special needs. Now, the customized Four Things pullovers and, well, anything Espoir is going to be supporting My Life Speaks for the next few months because with coronavirus, the donations that they normally receive by this time of year, they've been way down. So if you're able to step in and help them out, RadioEmmy.com or fourthings.com to get the links to shop. And again, customized pullovers, they're coming back again, but they're a limited thing. But all Espoir items will support My Life Speaks for a few months. So definitely keep us in mind if you have gifts to buy coming up. Okay, that's the rundown for today. I hope you enjoy the episode. First thing. Last week, we talked with Glennon Doyle about feelings and feeling all of your feelings, not ignoring them. So today, I want to share a couple of clips from my therapist podcast that I think will be really helpful as we continue the conversation on feelings. Now, Kat Defada is my therapist. She's come on the podcast. And just to clear this up, too, I have 100% asked her to come on anytime she does. She never pitches me ideas or even talks about it. In fact, she's pretty resistant to it. Like, oh, are you sure that? you want to do this because as my therapist, she tries to respect all those boundaries and follow there's laws and rules and all the things. But I want you guys to learn as I'm learning. So I'm not sitting here giving you a full look into every single one of my therapy sessions. But I think that Kat is really wise. And I actually met her because of our Outweigh series that we did on disordered eating. And anyway, she's got a great podcast and it's called You Need Therapy. So I've got some clips that I'm going to share with you right now. Clip one is from a recent You Need Therapy episode where Kat talked about feelings in our body and how trauma, emotions, and the nervous system are connected. A lot of people come into therapy or or just have, even if they're not in therapy, just like walk through life thinking that we hold our experiences in our brain and in our thoughts. A lot of us who have trauma, we might hold the messaging, we might hold the lesson in our brain, but we don't hold the experience and what happened in our brain so much, but we hold those in our body. And I always come back to the idea of, you know, how in training they showed that video of the polar bear. And Mm -hmm. so there's this video of this polar bear and he's getting chased and you can fill in gaps in the story if I tell it wrong, but they end up shooting him with a tranquilizer, I guess. Yeah, it's actually quite a traumatic video to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recommend watching it at no. But um, and then they they show him go through the motions of like fight or flight, and then they shoot him. Then they show him waking up and what happens. And I think this is what happens with, or this is what I know what happens with basically every animal except uh, humans. (laughs) Is that when we experience some kind of traumatic experience, they, like, when we experience that, we get tight. We go into this, like, tightness. We hold it together. We are strong. We move forward, and then we forget about it, and then we go on with our lives. But what we don't realize is we are meaning-making people, so we might take that experience and go on with our lives, but we also made a meaning out of it. And what animals do, other species do, is they go somewhere where they feel safe and they shake. And in this video, you see the polar bear waking up shaking, and it's like a discharge of all of this energy and, and emotion and feelings. And we don't do that. And that's when you're talking about you sit hunched over. What is that? It's like, I don't know, there might be something in our back that we need to shake out, but we don't do that. And I'm fine. Yeah. And I think it comes down to scope of practice as a somatic movement therapist. 
Like, I'm not going to sit down and talk to somebody about their trauma. You know, I'm, we're looking at the body. And in my work specifically, you know, through Shin Somatics, we learn about, we don't have to know. We can find comfort, find the path of least resistance, find what feels good. I, you know, I think that a lot of times we're, we get so focused on the trauma or whatever. And Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, he says trauma is not a memory about the past. The past is over. It sits inside of you and makes you feel and behave as if it is still going on. Mm-hmm. And that right there is we don't have to know. We, it, it's in our bodies, just like with me. Like I don't have a, that memory to pinpoint but I had a lot of feelings in my body that I just wanted to run away from and numb out. And I think a lot of people do. It's like, I feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to go drink or use drugs or have sex or, you know, eat, numb out, watch Netflix for five hours and eat a cupcake or whatever your ways of numbing out. And some of those things, actually all of those things can be good until they're not good until you're just using it to avoid because those feelings are going to come out. I think for somatic movement, it's about bringing awareness to the unconscious patterns. If it's unconscious, I may not be able to even tell you what I'm doing. But as a somatic practitioner, if I come in and sit with you as a regulated nervous system, Mm -hmm. and I can help you get to your regulated nervous system, and then together, we can sort of uncover those unconscious habitual patterns and habitual states of holding tension or holding whatever and let it find its way out just like the polar bear and shaking it out or even you know it doesn't even have to be vigorous like that it's like and through that process we can develop the capacity to have choices you know I think for me in my story I just was like a knee-jerk reaction I was a nerve walking around reacting to this external stimuli that I thought it's everything outside of me is what's ruining my life. I had no sense of like self-responsibility and because of that, no sense of like self-efficacy. I didn't feel like I could do set goals for myself. I was always waiting on somebody to tell me what to do and somebody to tell me how to feel. I was looking outside of myself and I think that's part of that traumatic response of like that fight, flight or freeze and we go into this place of and not realizing that everything we need to heal ourselves is within us. We just need another, you know, I think sometimes we just need another regulated nervous system to tell us it's safe. It's safe to just be comfortable and to be okay. And I think through that safety, we're able to, to let go and to process. And then also sometimes that means those things come up and we learn the stories of our past or even, you know, the things that are holding us back. If you want to hear more from that episode, it's called Trauma Your Body and How They Are Connected. Then in a different You Need Therapy episode from February, Kat went through each core emotion and talked about what happens when we ignore them and what gift we receive when we pay attention to them. So clip two is Kat talking about fear. Here's the deal with fear. I hate it and I love it for multiple reasons. So uh, just starting off, if you're unaware that you're afraid, a lot of times what that will look like is pure anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I always tell everybody, anxiety is truly a fancy word for fear. So when we don't want to acknowledge that we're afraid, we're like, oh, I'm so anxious. No, you're terrified. Yeah. I see the lights come on with people sometimes when I'm like, 
they're talking about having road rage and I my answer back to them is like oh what are you afraid of and they're like I'm not afraid I'm really angry mm-hmm. and I'm like oh no 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 you're mm-hmm. definitely afraid so ra- <laughs> it's like I'll tell you what you're feeling <laughs> I definitely am open to people being able to feel whatever they want to feel yeah. but sometimes I'm translating yeah right uh, and so there definitely is some anger with rage but rage is primarily fear-based a fear-based mm-hmm. emotion if people begin asking themselves when you are raging so the difference between rage and anger is rage is uncontained so people are often harmed when somebody's raging emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever. Mm-hmm. Rage is, sometimes people will talk about it as like seeing red or mm-hmm. blacking out. Like you are not no in control. your body. Yeah. Like it's uncontained, no out control. of control. And when we talk about anger, like anger is so different than yeah. that. And so rage is really unsafe. And part of what is underneath the rage really is fear. An example to give with that is if you do have road rage, like if somebody almost like cuts you, somebody cuts you off and you almost get in a wreck, you have this like rageful moment. But when you really step back, why are you, you're not angry at that person, really. You almost thought you were going to die. You thought you were going to get hurt. So you were scared. Mm -hmm. And so if you're unaware of uh, your fear, some of the other stuff is you can be overwhelmed and you can be confused. Like you're just confused of all a million different things. Now, if you can be aware of your fear, and this is why I love fear so much, because when I'm afraid, what it's leading me to is things that I care about. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't care if I was going to live or die, I wouldn't feel anything if somebody almost cut me off. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I have the most fear, I think that is where I have the most energy around things I care about. It leads you to passion. Like it truly will lead you to passion. Taking risks. Like the reason we're fearful when we take risks is because we care if we fail or succeed. Now, if I didn't care if I failed or succeeded, I wouldn't have energy around that. Like, and that goes to career stuff, relationships, anything. Mm hmm. Now, the other part that fear is really helpful is I do think it keeps us very safe. Yes. Like physically, emotionally, all of it. Now, that episode is called All the Feelings if you want to go listen to each core emotion. Again, Kat's podcast is called You Need Therapy. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, she's at Kat period defata, D-E-F-A-T-T-A. And her podcast Insta is at You Need Therapy Podcast. So pretty easy to remember. And then definitely check out her website. It's youneedtherapypodcast.com. And there you can sign up for her newsletter, which might be helpful to some of you. And then she has a resources page on the website that has links to her favorite books, which are separated by subjects like trauma, attachment, Enneagram, addiction, eating disorders, etc. And here's the deal. We all need therapy. That's why I kind of like the name of Kat's podcast, You Need Therapy. But I know that not everybody has the resources and not everybody has funds and the time and all the things to be able to seek the help that they need. So I appreciate Kat being so open with a lot of what she knows and putting it out there for us and sharing the books that she likes that can be really helpful. Because honestly, you could go buy a book or listen to one of her episodes that might really honestly be like a session that you would have to pay a lot of money for. So that is why Kat is willing to come on the podcast and why I'm super pumped to have her at times. So I hope that what I share uh, from her podcast on feelings was helpful for you today. Second thing. Oh. 
I got my girl Lisa on to talk about filters. Hopefully you caught our Q&A earlier this week on Tuesday. We did an outweigh Q&A on eating disorders and disordered eating. So if you want to go check that out, go do it. But Lisa is on for a little bit something different today, not about food or eating, but I guess this could fall under the body image category. Maybe Lisa, what would you say? Because we're talking filters. Yeah, so we're talking about filters, specifically story Instagram story filters. And how this kind of came up between Amy and I is on my Instagram account, The Well Necessities, I have not used filters over the past two years because I started to notice how other people were using them and it felt really disingenuine for me to be using a filter. When it comes to the Instagram story filters, basically they have like a lot of like face-altering filters Have you seen these, Amy? Whether it's like the butterflies or the tan or the lashes. Oh, yes. Not only have I seen them, but I've used them. And I've used them. Well, we'll kind of get to that in a second. So over the last two years or so, I at least know while I was living in D.C., I was like, filters just aren't for me. And I took an active stance against using them. Didn't tell the world, but just internally, just never gravitated towards using filters on my face. And over quarantine, and this is a very transparent, vulnerable conversation, you know, my hair was growing out. I hadn't, you know, gotten a facial and everything about, I think everybody can kind of relate to quarantine. You just started to kind of like feel really tired and thought reflected in the mirror. And I, as usual, was getting on my Instagram stories to say something. And I found myself stuck, unable to share from the heart because I was picking myself apart about what I was looking like. And I slid my finger over to the right to put a filter on. And all of a sudden, the fear of talking went away because I had kind of a mask on. And I felt confused because for the first time I was hiding, but the hiding was allowing me to show up. And after about two weeks or so of using these filters and getting way too comfortable using these filters for even when I had my makeup on, I stopped using them. But before I did, I posted on Instagram asking my audience how they felt about Instagram story filters. And I found the responses to be super interesting, ranging from I don't mind them to no different than makeup to I really don't like when people use them. And obviously there are all sorts of filters, but some people would say things like, it's really annoying when the dog filter is used. It's distracting when people look like puppy dogs. And others would say, I feel bad about myself when I see other people's stories. So everybody had different thing, opinions on it. But for me, there was, a, there was one at least person who said, I'd prefer if you don't use filters. And that landed very clearly on my ears that for the Well Necessities page, using a story filter on my face to hide is disingenuine and not setting up the right example of the rest of the authentic living that I try to embody. So, Amy, you and I have talked a little bit about this offline, and I just want to say that this is a personal decision of mine, but it's up to obviously each person to do what's best for them. But when we start to break down the psychology of the filters, we have to recognize that it impacts both the audience who's taking in the world through a filtered view, as well as the content creator who, you know, is is okay wearing the filter and talking but looks in the mirror and then all of a sudden sees something different. 
Amy, what are your thoughts on filters? I've tried to stop using them and mostly have since you and I had this conversation Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. But I do struggle with when I open it up right away. I am proud of myself for not swiping to the filter, but I still try to see which angle with the sun is going to be like, whoa, less scary looking in my opinion, because, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the lighting, it can look really different. So I guess is that bad to make sure you've got good lighting? I wish I could just open up my phone no matter where I am and just start recording without Mm -hmm. thinking a second thought. Like that is where I would like to get. So So I I actually, I wanted to wait a little bit before we had this conversation when you asked me to have it on as soon as I asked my audience what they thought. Uh And I'm so glad that I did because as a result of their kind of pushing me to not use filters, even though it was just a few people that kind of said, I want the real deal, it has forced me to not use filters. And I feel so much more aligned now that I'm not wasting time or that I'm returning back to my words are more important than what I look like. And going back to your lighting question, you know, I think like if you need to only post in perfect lighting, then then that can be kind of hiding. But you're also okay sometimes posting from, you know, your bedroom at night when you're going to sleep and showing your audience kind of a well-rounded version of Amy. Or that's how how I treat the well necessities. You know, some days I'm wearing makeup and I'm in the sun. Other days I'm in bed or in my bathroom doing my skincare with pimple cream. And I think the way we use our Instagrams, which is, you know, showing people different parts of our day. If our Instagram kind of reflects that, I think that's okay. You and I had kind of talked about how filters can be a way, some some people use them as a way to express themselves and some people use it to hide. And you and I kind of both admitted that the use of filters was to hide. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, the little heart one and the puppy one that gave me really smooth skin. Yes. And as I'm maturing in this conversation, which I guess, yeah, you and I had it maybe a couple of weeks ago. I, mm-hmm. I really have, I want you to know that, and I think you've kind of noticed because you've sent me some DMs where you're like, I was going to say, can I tell you something? Sure. Yes. Seeing you unfiltered actually really helped me because the same way that we talk about like showing diverse body sizes, seeing what real faces look like allows you to be okay with your real face. And seeing your beautiful face, perfect as it is, without a filter, just reinforced it to me. And I felt like as I was watching your story that day that I DM'd you, like I felt so connected to you because you were real. Well, I appreciated the DM because I'm. it's not like I'm publicly saying, hey guys, I'm not using filters anymore, can you tell? But... I appreciated the encouragement from you because it does help. And I feel like the more that that starts to have a domino effect and maybe some other people will decide maybe not to use the filter, which there is literally nothing wrong if you want to use the filter. That is not what we're saying. But if you happen to want to join in, the more I think that we see that happening, then the less dependent upon filters everyone will be. And, you know, there's some people that it affects them to the point where they don't want anybody to really see them. I I would get nervous at how amazing the filters would make my skin look, that if someone mm-hmm. met me in person, mm-hmm. they would think, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. So I think that we are obviously talking about like the beauty filter specifically. The skin smoothing ones. There yes. are ones that, you know, make your lips bigger or your eyes bigger, whatever whatever it is. And we're kind of continuing to perpetuate that there's only one way to be beautiful. And Amy, I don't expect you to not use filters just because I'm not using them. But I just want to say that it is that domino effect because the more we see women just showing up, the more it it makes you feel okay about your real life. And like, we're real people. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to say that like, that means I open my filter, my camera every day and I love how I look, but I have been as a result of my audience pushing me really focusing on, okay, I have bags under my eyes. We're going to let that be. And we're going to press send and we're going to, you know, just speak because you want to say something important. And it, it feels very liberating for me. And that's not to say that I'm, I'm perfect or, that I don't deal with aging and doing, you know, any of that stuff. I, I certainly do, and I'll be the first to admit it. But the filters particularly have a much more unconscious negative effect, I think, than we realize. Well, I know you said you don't be doing it because you're doing it, and I just want to say thank you for talking about it and putting it out there and making me aware, because if anything, you've just been an encouragement to me to give it a go. Like, see if I can post a bunch of stuff without filters. And then the more I get used to that, then it's not going to be a shocking or a big deal when I pull up my camera. Like, it's just, yep. it's just not. So, And it's, it really works. Just like seeing normal bodies and all different types of bodies, so does seeing other women without using the filters. And I, I think it's that, that confusing part of, well, how do I just accept myself? And I don't have the answers to like right or wrong. I know that I have like melasma on my forehead and I don't really like it, but I know that, you know, maybe I'll try some pigmentation treatments, but I'm also going to show my Instagram stories how with makeup, without makeup and show that yes, I'm not perfect, but my day goes on and I'm not going to obsess over looking perfect just to show up. I want to encourage y'all to go to Lisa's Instagram, which is at the well necessities and go to her post on July 31st. And she did a post about filters and then even showed like a swipe her with the filter, without the filter, with the filter, without the filter. And then she always has an amazing way with words and, and sharing her thoughts that are oftentimes something that you need to sit with and then are going to make you think a little bit. So I appreciate that on basically all of her posts. So if you start following her, that's just a little gift that you get. But um, especially when it comes to the filters, there's some stuff written there too as well. So thank you, Lisa, for coming on to talk about that and for doing the outweigh questions on Tuesday. It was fun having you a part of the podcast so much this week. And then speaking of Lisa and podcasts, I'm just going to end with this. I don't even know if she knows how to say this, but we have something really, really exciting regarding Lisa and podcasts. So stay tuned for that. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. 
You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, for this thing, I'm just giving you a list of a bunch of stuff that you should not feel guilty for. Here is the rundown. Having a day off to look after yourself. Asking for extra support. Setting boundaries. 
being yourself, not replying straight away, missing a deadline, saying no, making mistakes, being sensitive and emotional, having high standards, being honest, relapsing, doing things you enjoy even when you have a long to-do list, eating more when you're hungry, not getting everything done, taking things at your own pace. Boom. There you go. If you need to rewind and listen to those again, yeah, you don't need to feel guilty for any of that. But I know a lot of us waste a lot of brain space stressing over some of those things. And this is your permission to let it go. And definitely check out this account for colorful and honest illustrations. That's how they define what they put up. But the account is at Worry Wellbeing. And I think they're the cutest little illustrations. I don't know the person, just saw them on Instagram, but I really like the way they draw everything out in a cute way and, and put it up. And they're all about mental health, self-love, and well-being. So it might be an account that you want to check out and follow. Last thing today is a throwback interview that I did with Mike Wilson when my podcast first started. Now, he's been on my podcast a couple of times, but this chat is from my fifth episode ever. And that was, that was a long time ago. We have a lot of new listeners, so sharing this again kind of makes sense to me. And I want you to know how amazing and awesome My Life Speaks is and all the great work that they're doing in Haiti and then the impact that you will make if you shop anything Espoir the next few months. I wanted a fresh interview with Mike, just to be honest, but he actually just flew to Haiti last week and he's still there. So sharing this as a little throwback Thursday is what we will do for today. And then a quick thing before the interview plays about the customized four things pullovers. If you're having a hard time deciding on what four things to put on there or the best order for your things, I put up a little tutorial video on my Instagram this week. I think it was on Tuesday. And that should really answer some questions and be able to help you out because I was trying to go through DMs and help everybody one by one, but there's no way I'm going to get to everybody, which is an amazing problem, but I felt bad. So go to at Radio Amy on Instagram. You'll find the little tutorial there along with a list of things that Mary and I pulled together that we think look super cute on pullovers that are 13 characters or less because that's the rule for shirts. Okay, here is my chat with Mike Wilson. How did we meet, Mike? Okay, I know, I know. Oh, you were yeah, host, you were having an event in Austin for Haiti. Yes. And I was brought in to host it. You were the MC. Or the MC, whatever. Yes. And then we met and I realized the amazing things that y'all were doing in Haiti. Well, see, I remember coming and talking to you and you're like, who is this weird guy wearing orange pants? I didn't think you were weird. <laughs> yes, you did. No, <laughs> I loved your personality and I loved your heart for Haiti. And I knew the next time I was down in Haiti, I wanted to make my way down to Nepali, which yeah. is where you live. Yeah. And normally I spend in, in Port-au-Prince. Right. But yeah, in one of our next trips down there, we came to Nepali. <laughs> you did. And brought the whole family, I think. So yeah. I, I just am excited about what y'all are doing down there yeah. and the changes that you're making for these children. And so you and your wife, Missy, yes, you run an orphanage for special needs and typically developing children. What we would say is it's not even an orphanage. It is a place where we provide families for kids who have been abandoned or orphaned. Yes. So because Haiti's not really big on... Haitians adopting Haitians. We have created our own 
foster care situation, for lack of a better term. So we have a social worker that works with us. And when the government brings us a child, then we place them in a family that's already been pre-qualified. And it's really cool because you'll have a special needs child living alongside or typically developing kids. The cool part about that is they begin to see each other as siblings and there's no special needs or anything like that. It's just family. So cover real quickly how the Haitian culture is different than here in America when it comes to special needs children. Like give us the honest truth of yeah. of how they are discarded in a way. So we have a 21 year old son with severe special needs. So when I went to Haiti for the first time, I kind of looked for kids that looked like him that, that weren't typically developing and um, really didn't see any the first two or three times didn't see a single person with any kind of disability or anything like that. And then we were introduced to some people who said, Oh, you want to see those people? We'll take you. And And for those listening, Mike just did air quotes. Those people. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. What happened is when we walked in, we saw a whole room full of, of kids that looked just like our son. And we started to ask questions of why are they here? And we realized pretty quickly that if you have any kind of deformity or any disability or you're different in any way, then Haiti sees you because the voodoo culture as your, your, your child is cursed and it's probably your fault or it's the child's fault. So they've got to be discarded. They've got to be uh, truly it's they're at risk for being sacrificed in a voodoo service mm. because the evil spirit needs to be set free. And then there are those in the, in the voodoo community that say, then I want to control that evil spirit. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. You just you just don't see. I have goosebumps like hearing uh, you say it because I know you you live there. You know, some yeah. people would think, oh yeah, no, that can't be real. I know, but it's it's so real. And these children are left sometimes just in the street or they are in they the are. trash. Or- yeah, uh, the first little boy that was brought to us named Malachi. Um, Malachi was actually discarded in a dump. Mm in another part of Haiti and the government went to multiple places to try to find someone that could care for him. And another organization referred them to us. I mean, we had been on the ground in Haiti. We'd launched in January of 2012 and in February, 2012, the government brought us Malachi and said, you've got to help. We have have nothing for this child. And so that started things for us. So today we have 22 kids that we care for in five different families. But the best part about it is if, if you were to walk in, you wouldn't know the air quotes again, orphans from anybody else because all the kids are just part of the community, part of the village. They have brothers and sisters and siblings and aunts and uncles and moms and dads and everything that goes along with family. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we fight for is families, keeping families together, putting families together and making sure they can then be who they're supposed to be. Yeah, I think the family-based care is an awesome concept, like you said, because mm-hmm. at the orphanage where my kids were, I mean, it was a true yeah. orphanage no, I, where I it. it was, you know, all kids in this age group are sleeping in this room yep. and there's a nanny and then it yep. kind of followed yeah. that theme throughout. No, there was baby room one, baby room two, and then my son was in the <laughs> toddler room. So, <laughs> yeah. and it was, you know, just a bunch of nannies running around yeah. and it didn't feel like home. It didn't right. feel like a mom and a dad and you know they're doing the best they can there's there's nothing wrong with that especially when you're giving a roof over their heads and and three meals a day and a chance to get right. adopted right but in in y'all's case really having that family-based concept is is pretty cool well, because it, they are like for people that haven't traveled to an orphanage or understand it's very very different it, there's a mom and uh, oftentimes they're always a mom and a dad, or is it sometimes for us mm-hmm. for us? Yeah. For us, it's, it's a family that lives in its own separate house. So yeah. you have to think U S based, you have to think foster care family. So okay. 
mom and dad, they may have biological kids. And then you may have one, two, three, four kids that are fostered, but it's a long-term foster. It's it's like we would call here foster to adopt. It's that thing. And our our kind of saying that we go through is you don't age out of a family. Mm. And so- And you do age out of an orphanage. You do. And and the Mm. government says at 18 years old, these kids can't live here anymore. We've we've got to send them on. And, And there's not a great transition program in Haiti. I mean, we were fortunate when we lived here in the U.S. Our son with special needs got incredible care in the public school system here in Nashville. He went to the school for the blind for years and it was amazing. And so we then we transferred to a public school, great care. And so what we've said is it's not fair that our son got to experience that and other kids don't. So let's do what we can in our little corner of the world to to give every child the opportunity, whether they look and air quotes again, normal or not, uh, we are going to give them every opportunity. Yeah. And y'all are doing that. And again, I have goosebumps because (laughs) I know you're doing it. And like you said, in your little corner of the world, and that's something that I like for people to come on and and share their little corners, because you can make a difference wherever you are. Sometimes people think it has to be this grand thing. Mm -hmm. And y'all, what y'all are doing is grand, but you're doing it in Nepali where, I mean, you're changing these kids' lives. And yeah, you are giving that that family-based care and they're not aging out. And that's one of the reasons my husband and I decided to adopt an older girl from Haiti. You know, we knew we were adopting our son first and then we decided to add a daughter and we went in the older age range because we knew if she aged out, well, the likelihood of older kids getting adopted anyway is already slim. And then if she were to age out at 18, the chances are not great for her. What What do you do? I mean, you've, you've lived in a place where people have done everything for you and then you're out on the street. I mean, right. Really. It, not not trying to be critical, but that's what happens. You're out mm-hmm. on the street. And, and at 18 years old in our community, hey, you have a birthday party and you go on. I mean, yeah. you don't leave a family. And, and that's been the coolest thing for us is to understand that these kids that are a part of our world, they are going to forever be a part of a, a family more than, than us, the family. And, and that'll last forever. And so how long have you been there again? We oh. launched in, in January of 2012. Okay. Moved there in May of 2014. And so what was that calling like? What, how, when did you, I like this, <laughs> this part of the story. I know it, but I want others to hear the calling of like, okay, we're, we're, we're leaving our life in Nashville and we're moving to Haiti. Yeah, honestly, I woke up one morning and my wife was sitting on the edge of the bed and she looked at me and she said, I had a dream last night. And I'm like, wow, I, okay, tell me. Well, for the next 45 minutes, she explained to me in detail what she saw in Haiti. Now you got to understand my wife, if you point a, at a car and say, that would be, I'd like that car in white. She would have to see a white car in order to visualize it. She can't, she just can't see those things. She was able to tell me in vivid detail, everything from bunk beds to gates to doors opening and people walking around in a courtyard with, with small flowers in it. And, and then she said, we were there and there were all these kids that look like our kids. And so, you know, we're like you, we're, we're an adoptive family. We have three biological sons. We have three adopted kids, two daughters, and a, and a four-year-old son. I mean, we, we do. We look like the Brady Bunch on crack anywhere we go. <laughs> yeah. you know? But the thing about that is, is, is whenever we we see our family, it's just our family. It's normal. My, my kids didn't grow up with a special needs brother. They grew up with a brother. My, my, my kids didn't grow up with adopted siblings. They grew up with siblings. And my adopted kids didn't grow up with these other random kids. That, it's just family. In fact, we've talked a lot about that lately. Of Do you feel like you're part of this family? And, and last night, my daughter Tia looked at me and she said, well, yeah. Why do you keep asking me that? <laughs> but it is. And so 
when the, when the story started, my wife took 45 minutes and shared this whole story with me. Of, I had this dream and I feel like we are called to do this. And I remember getting dressed, getting ready. She's still talking, getting ready to leave the house. And when she got done, she had this big an- anticipation look on her face. And she said, okay, what do you think? And I said, I think I got to go to work now. I just didn't get it. I didn't see it. And I did not get it until about eight weeks later when I walked into my son's room and my daughter was laying in the floor with him and she's playing with him and they're, they're just having this moment. And see, when my girls first came home from Haiti, they were petrified of my son because they had never been around anybody with special needs. They had no idea. And they always heard the stories of those people, air quotes again, are cursed. But what's happening is now my daughter's laying in my, the floor with my son and she's, she's singing him a song. And when she gets done, she takes her hand and she just slaps him in the face. And he rolls over with his, his good arm and he grabs her and just hugs her and then throws her off of him. And it's this little process going over and over. And I finally said, guys, stop. You're going to hurt each other. And my daughter, Naika, she looked at me. And, and this is the moment everything fell into place for me is when she said, Dad, it's okay. He's my brother. He's just mm. different. And at that moment, I realized that what my wife was saying was, we're not out to fix or save the world. We're just out to help families connect. And that's now grown to, what do we do to keep kids in their family? So mom, dad don't feel like they have to give their child away. So they can look at their kids playing in the floor one day and say, I'm glad I didn't do that. And so you're giving some of these other kids, brothers and sisters. Exactly. Exactly. And moms and dads, Yeah, which is that whole family. And you get it. Concept. Well, I just adore you, Mike, and (laughs) your wife, Missy, and y'all's hearts and your mission down there in Haiti and what you're doing. And I'll quote you again in your little (laughs) corner of the world. So I think it's super special. And if people want to follow along on Instagram, they're at my life speaks. And then is it my life speaks dot it's everywhere. My life speaks.com dot com dot org. You can get there anyway. Oh, either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll tell you, so my life speaks just the challenge I'll throw out to anybody that's listening here. When you hear that your life really is telling a story and you know this, but you say things with your mouth all day long that you hope people believe, but the reality is your life tells the story of what you really believe. And so what we said was we want to be about something bigger than ourselves and we want our lives to say that. And so I would challenge anybody. It may not be Haiti. It may not be somewhere in Africa. It may be literally the concession stand at the ballpark down the street. But go let your life tell a story. Go let your life be about something bigger than you and help people on this planet understand who they are. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mike, for coming on. Thank you. That was great. I'm going to listen back to that. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, okay, yes, that's it's such good wisdom. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. 
That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. 